Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast, JuliaDownloaded.net. My name is Alan, I'm your host for this week. With me this week is Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello. I was going to do a, try and do a New Zealand accent so I could sound like the other Matt, but um, and then I realised I can't do a New Zealand accent, so this is the not New Zealand Matt. Thanks for that. <laughs> this is my brain just melted in that sentence because you said Matt so many times that I was like, not even a word anymore. <laughs> we also have Trent. Hello, Trent. Hello. I've been saying for years that the Matt is actually just Matt's, like, it does, Matt doesn't exist, and Matt is just part of Matt. So maybe he is here. Matt's not a word anymore, I've decided. And hello, Harvard. You're also here. Good morning. It's 8, it's 8 a.m. where I am, and my brain has just collapsed. That's better than your brain imploding, I guess. <laughs> what, is, what, just, what did I just hear? What? I don't, I don't understand Matt anymore. Yeah, it's a complex, complex rhythm. Of the night. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we've, we've got some stuff to talk about this week. We've got games coming out as they are want to do. <laughs> Great intro. Me. Fantastic. Um, and uh, we've also got a few topics that we need to talk about. Uh, and uh, should it be good? Um, Matt, what's the song for this week that I can put in? I'm going to give you a I'm going to give you a choice. Roland Girl or Levin Polka? Oh, let's go with Levin Polka because that's an old song and we haven't played it for ages. Let's go with the classics. Thank you. 
and welcome back. So we've also got the games of the next month, which is September. I can't believe it's September. It's wild. Um, it is September. Um, there are games coming out, which is pretty good, I guess. Um, Matt, I'm going to hand it over the reins to you because you have the list, I assume. I do. I have the list here. He has in front the of list. Me. And it's, um, it's a not Allen month, really. Uh, well, is Tekken 7 coming out this month? No, no, it's really not an Allen month. There's, there's, I don't think there's too much games for you here this month, Alan, but there's actually a lot of stuff coming. I think your games come next month. Um, but, Hell yes, yeah. We'll start I can't with wait one, to play the Cold War. <laughs> we'll start with the one game that is an Allen game. That comes out. This is an Xbox or Microsoft thing, um, and that is Call, Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, Age Dude. of Empires 3 HD Edition comes out this month, which will be pretty cool for people who like their old strategy games remastered. That That's a thing. Um, that's coming in October. That's coming in October, is it? Oh, well. October 15th. <laughs> well, there we go. It's not even well, coming out. So. Well, Alan did say that this segment was for games next <laughs> month. And if this is like airing in September, then games next month is October. So we're set. We're like cutting edge. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I don't have the ex- the Microsoft list open. I just thought it was coming out this month. It's not. Anyway, let's move over to the consoles that count. Uh, PlayStation. So, so what you're the- saying is the one game that you thought I would enjoy is not coming out. So yeah, this is much. not a month for me. <laughs> pretty much. Um, so by the time uh, this podcast is live, yes, by the time this podcast is live, Marvel's Avengers will have landed and nobody will care because it looks like a train wreck of microtransactions, unfortunately. It could have been good, but I think that the, the season passes on the DLC, on the DLC that you buy for each individual character per, per console is going to get exhausting very quickly for people. So moving on. Um, Ari and the Secret of Seasons comes out on PlayStation 4 this month, and it looks lovely. It looks very nice indeed. Uh, one of those kind of double-A, you know, mid-tier games. Looks pretty, pretty damn good to me. Um, Draymond Story of Seasons comes out on September 4. Now, that's already out on Switch, but on the PlayStation 4. That'll be great. Story of Seasons is the Harvest Moon uh, now, and Draymond is iconic. So The blue cat. The blue robot cat. So put them together, and yeah, it's going to be... a robot? He's a robot. So yeah, you put the two of them together. It worked amazingly well on Switch. It's going to be great on PS4 if you happen to not have a Switch. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 comes out on September 4, which is good if you like Activision What contents. do you mean this isn't a month for me? That's the most me game. Uh, moving on. NBA 2K21 <laughs> comes out on September 4 for people who like their basketballs. That's there. Uh, if you enjoy puddling around and making your own little games, RPG Maker MV comes out on Switch and PlayStation 4 on September 8. That's good fun without breaking embargo. I'm playing with it around. I'm playing around with it now, and it, yeah, it's it's enjoyable, it's creative, it's fun. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalo Re Reckoning comes out on September eight. I'm looking forward to that. I quite yeah. Like. No, that's, uh, you were saying this month isn't for me. There's two games so far that I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, that's just the it's the front end. It's the back end that you're not going to enjoy much, Alan. Um, uh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the original Kingdoms of Amalur. I never thought we'd see it again, and it's back, which should be good. To be uh, fair, it did bankrupt the state of Rhode Island. It did. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it did. It absolutely did. And then it was, you know, it's an EA property, and EA is just EA. I mean, did you see the Dragon Age thing that they put out yesterday? No. As we record this, don't watch it. It'll just, I mean, it looks like they've anthemed up Dragon Age, and it's just, no. No. Star Wars DLC for The Sims 4. (laughs) I can't wait to... Just like never play another year game. <laughs> moving, moving, moving on. Party Hard Two comes out on September eight. Uh, Party Hard was pretty funny actually because it was basically wish fulfillment. Um, so in Party Hard, your neighbour has a loud, obnoxious party, so you go and slaughter them all. And it's yeah, this is this is definitely wish fulfillment for me. Moving on. Um, Wintermore Tactics Club comes out on September ten. That's a pretty neat game, I believe, from the PC. Uh, what else we got? We have Vampire the Masquerade Shadows of New York coming out on September 10. I believe that's like an arm tactics thing, I think. Yeah, it's a tactics RPG, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, setting the Vampire the Masquerade in world universe, which is pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Um, what else we got? eFootball Pairs 2021 comes out on September 15 for people who like their footballs. I haven't played a Piers game for quite a while, actually. I should probably check that out. Yeah, uh, but the thing is, it's still Konami, and I don't want to play Konami. <laughs> they did speaking, to the Junji to horror game. <laughs> speaking of strategy games, even though Age of Empires is not coming out this month, there is something else coming out. So Commandos 2 Praetorians HD Remastered Double Pack comes out on September 18. Now, Commandos 2 is a classic of kind of real-time tactics, and Praetorians is a historical real-time strategy thing so you might want to check those ones out alan while you wait for age of empires 3 to land eh, i might does it have a man who goes whoa low low i don't know um you know what you haven't sold me on the game very well Matt. <laughs> so september 22 brings 13 sentinels ages rim now i've been playing that game under preview this is the latest one from vanillaware and it is absolutely spectacular i can say that because i have been i mean uh, am i allowed to ask you like how's the art because oh, it's i absolute... assume that being vanilla way it's gonna be like just astonishing right? it's just breathtaking like this game oh. is absolutely amazing it's not like other vanillaware games because vanillaware is always that kind of action you know 2d action game this one is more kind of point and click adventure mixed with kind of this turn-based tower defense thing and it doesn't sound like it should work, but it works, and it is a really, so, really good game. Um, bit of a bit of a tangent. Did you ever play Lock's Quest? Because that's what that's what you're basically telling me. Oh yeah, I like Lock's Quest, but no, this is different. Like this is okay, very different right? to Lock's Quest. Yeah, very different. So um, yeah, it's it's really hard to actually describe until you play it. But I have had a preview done of it, and I think it is it's a highlight of the year for sure, unless something goes dramatically wrong <laughs> with the rest of the game. Um, but so far it's not. Uh, what else we got? So on September 25, Zengen comes. Now Zengen being dungeon, but Z instead of D. Um, well, (laughs) instead of D-U for dungeon, it's Z-E for Zengen. Um, I don't know. I, I looked up some screenshots of it and it seems like it could be a thing. Uh, September 25 brings Mafia Definitive Edition. Apparently, oh, people that, enjoy that. Uh, oh my God. That's going to either be atrocious or like 
a wake-up call to realize that like a 2006 game doesn't really hold up. <laughs> I've read some previews of it. They seem to be pretty positive on it. So, you know, maybe it worked. Um, oh, here's one that's really interesting. Port Royale 4. Port Royale 4 comes out on September 25. I really like Port Royale. That's a kind of strategy game set in the uh, colonial era Caribbean, where you get to set up um, trade routes and then deal with pirates and stuff. And it's all good, good stuff. That should be fun. I really enjoyed the last one that came out on PlayStation 3. So it's been a while since the last Port Royale experience. Genshin Impact comes out on September 28th. That's like a free-to-play MMO thing, but it has really gorgeous anime-style art, so not an Alan thing, but it really does look interesting to me. I'll give it a go <laughs> since it's free-to-play. I'll give it a crack, and hopefully it's a grind in the right way, I guess. Um, I do appreciate it at this point where you're just like, yeah, it's not an Alan thing. It's not an it Alan makes thing. My, it makes my job a lot easier. <laughs> I, I have got a sense of your what, what is and is not your things, Alan. I wish uh, Matt would do that to me. I don't know what games to play. It's too complicated. Too much games. <laughs> I, I just know if it's, like a, if, if it's like a Nintendo thing, it's a Trent thing. Um, I like Xbox too. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. But we don't talk about Xbox on here because Xbox is lame. Um, <laughs> Nintendo time. God, Let's talk about the Switch and the stuff that's coming out on the Switch that isn't coming out on the PlayStation 4. Good Pizza, Great Pizza comes out on September 3. I don't know anything about that game, just that I like pizza. So, Did anybody you know. play the Flash game, Poppins Pizza Real? No. No? Okay. I, I spent, like, hours of my childhood on it, and Good Pizza, Bad Pizza looks exactly like that. So cool. maybe, a walk, maybe, like, a Walkinson nostalgia for me. Cool. That sounds good. And um, on September 3... A game called Niche, a genetic survival game, comes out. I mean, you, you're just asking for it if you're going to call your game Niche. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's like calling a game Do Not Play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Call it Niche and then wonder why you didn't sell 300 million copies. But it's a fresh blend of turn-based strategy and simulation combined with roguelike elements. So it'll probably be just 101 indie game. But, you know what annoys me about that, Matt? Is that there's going to be a thousand reviews of that game. By thousand, I mean like four. Because it's yeah. Niche. But the, the the headline will be either, oh, it's a niche title. Oh, or yeah. It'll be I know. like truly <laughs> a, a one that should not go unseen. Yeah, it'll be very punny. Definitely punny, punny. It's going to make me want to never go to any website ever again. <laughs> it's okay. They'll all be on some niche websites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> September 3 brings a game called Here Be Dragons, which is a pretty nondescript name, I guess. But if you actually look at it, it looks nice. Like, the art style is really interesting and engaging, and I definitely want to play that. So that comes out on September 3. Uh, we also get the Basketballs game on Switch on September 4, with all the microtransactions therein, because no doubt there'll be a lot of those. Um, and RPG Maker also comes out on Switch and Switch, and let's face it, that's probably the way to go with it because that way you can make your little game on the on the go on the train. Um, going further, it's basically all the same stuff that was coming out on the PlayStation: Vampire the Masquerade, Wintermore Tactics Club, etc., etc., etc. Tomoyo After It's a Wonderful Life comes out on September 10. That's like a visual novel oh, thing, which looks That good. is a risky game. Um, if you like Clanad, that is an extremely risky game. Don't play it unless you want your emotions destroyed. 
cool. That sounds good. I found Clannad interesting enough. So, yeah, that one that one looks very much in the same vein, same art style anyway. Which it's, is... it's, it's a sequel. It's a sequel. Oh, it's a sequel, is it? Well, cool. it's, like a, it's a spin-off. So you take, more... like, the one character that everyone really likes from the first game and, like, makes a what-if story where the player ended up going with her instead. But Sweet. the plot is just... It's destructive. It'll ruin you. So just be careful. Cool. I'm looking forward to that then. I did enjoy Planet and yeah, let's do that. Um, <laughs> Fight Crab, September 15. Fight yeah. Crab finally comes out on Switch. Fight Crab. Fight Crab. No, no, I need to. Fight Crab. About this. No, if Fight you like crab. that game, you just have bad taste. Fight Go Crab, Fight Alan. Game. Fight Crab. See, oh. it's not an Alan game, but for people who no, have taste, it's so Fight silly. Crab. I know, we're doing a lot of talk about Minecraft. Wait, wait, wait. It's so silly. Are you telling me a game in which crabs fight each other with swords is silly, Alan? No way. Just, like, go outside and, like, go look at the beauty of the world. I thought you were about to say, just go and give a crab a sword. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, go start, like, a cockfighting ring. Fuck it, who cares? (laughs) Do not do that, by the way. (laughs) Fight Crab. I can't wait for Fight Crab. It looks so stupid in the best possible way. I mean, that comes from to from, to us from the same developer that did Ace of Seafood, and <laughs> that's a that's a bit of a masterpiece in itself. I I just there are better things to spend your money on. No, there's not. There is absolutely game, nothing. For example, nothing, <laughs> there is nothing better to spend your money on than a game that is like the the ultimate anti game thing that deliberately is janky, why, terrible. Why and, just go buy a game then and have fun with it. Oh my god! Because it is fun watching fun. jank, it's gonna be so deliberate jank. Everything's going to be terrible about my crap, but it's going to be so good. I can't wait. Quiet, Alan. Quiet. Oh, god, <laughs> it just like Tekken exists. <laughs> Hey, Alan, I've got another one. The next game that comes out uh, in September, I want you to type this into Google right now, okay? Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, here we go. What is it? Moro, M-O-E-R-O, Crystal, H. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, that's what the H stands for. Moro, Crystal, H. Go on, type it into go- Google. Do it. Is it series as Moro Chronicle? Yeah, it's the sequel. Please verify your age. <laughs> oh no! Should I have done this in incognito? I'm gonna open that incognito mode. <laughs> yeah, oh, you probably don't. You, you probably don't want Google knowing this. Yeah, one. I think you're on some kind of list now, Alan. Uh, my birthday is the 9th of June, 1920. This is why I just clicked on a like a link from some random website rather than going to the actual website. Oh no. <laughs> this is not an Alan game, is Mo. Oh no, why is this a game? <laughs> Even just looking at Her the uh, trailer patch. cover, this is not an Alan game. <laughs> Alan game by any means. But. Why, why is her back like a canoe? <laughs> <laughs> it's like perfectly curved. <laughs> How does she walk? <laughs> so it's a dungeon crawler with a, uh, a heavy. Why does she have a of- tail? A heavy dose of fan service is a nice way to put it, right? A heavy dose of fan service. You know, the, the, the concerning thing about this is that I'm looking at this right now and I cannot tell, like, which one is the main character because they could all be the main character. Well, no, you collect them, you see. I like Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, I, I This is 
the least Alan game. You could not have made a game that is more like just I. That's why. Man. That's why we're going to assign Alan to review this one for. Why? Disney why does her project. boot have like a toe, a toe section? It's like she's wearing those like aqua shoes where it's like the toe socks, but it's only the main big toe. That's a Japanese footwear thing. Is it? It's called <laughs> fashion, Alan. <sighs> it's called fashion, sweaty. <laughs> anyway, moving moving on from Alan's new favorite game, he's going to obsess about this now for weeks. You watch. Um, <laughs> Poor Max. Oh my lord, that's in my fucking history now. <laughs> WWE 2K Battlegrounds comes out on September 18, and I'm sure Alan will enjoy that one. No, that's like right? also in my shit pit list. <laughs> um, what else we got? We got this is Zodiac speaking. I don't know. Oh, it is. It, it does seem like it's based on the Zodiac killer. So Ted Cruz's dad. <laughs> what? <laughs> you didn't know the the meme that the Zodiac killer is Ted Cruz's dad. That's like the that's the joke about Ted Cruz and his family at the moment. To be honest, there's many jokes ages. about Ted anyway, Cruz. Um, so this is this is the Zodiac speaking is actually like a, a thriller horror thing with stealth and detective modes based on the story of the Zodiac. So I don't know. I find the Zodiac fascinating um, in the same way that Jack the Ripper is, I guess. So that could be interesting. I hope maybe. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Zenjin also comes out on Switch on September twenty-five. Again, um, like it just annoys me so much. It's like if I went up and I made a game about football, but I called it Grootball. <laughs> or Ball Ball. Like, <laughs> or just Foot. <laughs> like the umlaut on the U. <laughs> just Foot. <laughs> um, September 29 brings a game called Projection First Light. I don't know. Like Art looks interesting, like the little cover thing. It's like a 2D platform thing, I think. Ah, oh, it's a Limbo clone. Oh, okay. Interest immediately so, dropped. Yes. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, and that's it. That's the lot. Oh, hell yeah. That's all the games. See, lots of games. There's a lot of games. There's like only two games that I think are worthwhile in an entire like month, but that, that's just me. Moro Crystal lots is one of them, isn't it? It's extremely not that. <laughs> I, I cannot explain to you how much it is not that. It is so. It, it is so that I'm. I'm sure you you're... could lock me in a room with a copy of that game, and I still would punch you in the face for doing that. <laughs> what What Alan's not telling you is that he's actually already pre-ordered it. Like he, he is, once he Google searched it up, he's already put the pre-order down. It's coming, and assuming he doesn't get arrested for having it go through customs, um, he'll be playing it soon enough. Now, honestly, if you get arrested for playing that game, like you know what. <laughs> You're playing with fire to begin with, so like, frankly, <laughs> you reap what you sow. <laughs> anyway, um, Trent. Yes. <laughs> Pick one game this month. You get to say one game, only one. That only you'll... one. Yes. If you could only play one game, and this is the last game you'll ever play for the rest of your life. Oh and God. It's... <laughs> and it's the only game you get to play in September. What game is it going to be? I I'm going to just catch up and play. A Tell me lies. <laughs> Uh, it's, I just doubt defeats the purpose of the <laughs> section where we talk about games coming out. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, I was yeah. wondering <laughs> if we're just gonna say the Animal Crossing expansion again. Well, yeah. well, well, actually, is it one coming out? I don't know. Nintendo hasn't done a direct. Like, shame on them. 
Well, they did do a direct. It was just not about Nintendo's games. <laughs> they just uh, dropped that, it out of nowhere lastly. It was, was about Baku Gun because everyone's favorite is Baku Gun. Like, like I even have, I haven't even played Flight Simulator yet. Like I've got it downloading, but every time I open the game, the download is stuck halfway through, so I have to close out the downloader and reopen the downloader, and it like goes for another twenty percent, and then I'm able to install that module bit. And then I have to close out of it when I go back to it. Go, oh, I'm gonna flight, flight sim. Turn on the X, uh, X, oh, not Xbox PC, and it's like stuck again. And then I'm like, oh, I can't play the game. So Should what I'm getting from this question? is what I'm, what I'm getting what I'm getting from this is Trent's not really interested in any games in September. Moving on, <laughs> <laughs> Harvard, you get to pick one. Please play the game properly. Pick one. Um, Alan, would you pick Tony Hawk? I'm going to pick probably the Tony Hawk or that other game that was coming out. Okay, then I'll pick something else. I'll probably go with the, the Mafia release. No, Mafia. I don't want to pick it. If you guys have been reading DNet for a while, you'll see that like I really like Mafia 3. And I feel like I, I want to go back and see what the series is like. Mafia well, 3 is good because of the music. Like the licensed music. Oh, yeah. Very good music. You'll certainly get to do that with Mafia 1 Remake. I, I'll probably honestly, play Mafia I have... 1 next month. I have read I have read a few previews of it and it does seem like it's doing the right thing. So um yeah. It 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 seems like a game that it'll be worth looking forward to. Yeah. I'm so, really liking it when I played it back in two thousand and whenever. So Alan, Tony Yeah, Hawk, I mean it's right? Tony Hawk. It's, Mad it's tricks. here I am doing everything I can holding on to what I am, pretending I'm a superman. That's okay. pretty much it. Look, I just want the return of Scar music. That's all I want. <laughs> I, I want. I want to buy a Rip Curl wallet and put a chain on it and attach it to my checkerboard shorts. Does it do have the green you, day song? Could, like, Hello, modify. Do you reckon you could like modify Tony Hawk to like put Hatsune Miku in it? Because then it'd be pretty good. It's on PC, so why not? I hope so. I don't know why that you would, would make never the game play ska music because ska music is just renowned as the greatest thing ever. Like Real Big Fish, the greatest band of all time. With Aaron yeah, but imagine Aaron. imagine pulling off like Red Tricks to Eleven Polka, Alan. I'd rather not. <laughs> and then like a giant Miku comes on the screen, goes <laughs> yay, and like the stars and stuff come out. <laughs> Sorry, this is what happens when I'm tired and I'm, like had a long day. I just become like a massive bitch. <laughs> Also, I'm annoyed because Alan said two games technically because it's a remake of both one and two. It well, is a fact. You can't buy them game. separately, so you know we'll give him we'll give him a pass on that one. As, <laughs> as for me, I'm going with. Don't say the monster game. I'm going with the monster game. I hate that. <laughs> no, I like the last one was was fun. Um, I did play the last one, and I like Dungeon. The same thing. Pretty much, and I like uh, I like dungeon crawlers, and these ones underneath that fan servicey exterior are pretty standard, easy playing, enjoyable dungeon crawlers. So that would be that would be my my pick for the month, if I wasn't playing flight grab. That upsets me a lot. Flight grab. Flight grab. Well, can we put in some Age of Empires 3 music? Because I was thinking about it anyway. Does Fight Crab have, like, online multiplayer? Because I could imagine that it Fight does, Crab yes. It does, yes. Fight Crab's going to be, like, the DDNet, like, Friday game. We should actually ever. do that. Put it on the YouTube. DDNet yeah. Fight Crab tournament. Yeah, we're so doing a Fight Crab tournament. I, I hope you know that I... 
I like exhaled and I considered I considered muting my mic when I did that. You know what I reckon? I want you to know. I want you to know that I'm disappointed. I reckon I reckon Alan I reckon Alan wants to like fight crab, but he's gonna suck at it and he knows it. And he's gonna You can't do this to me, no. You can't fucking do this like Hannibal Lecter bullshit. Just try get good, dude. Just get good. Music is an edge on PS3, it's called Avalicious. like week i want to say there's been a bit of a talk about how there are you know a lot of adaptions of you know film there's a lot of adaptions of tv but into gaming but there's not that many adaptions of you know literary works like books and stuff and it sort of ended up going on this discussion of you know why is that the case and you know what would a good adaptation of a book look like in terms of video game and i kind of want to like throw that out to the the group here because i didn't think about it very hard because i was sort of like i don't know how they would do that and then i stopped thinking I thought about you were it. about to say because i don't read books yeah because i'm illiterate <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't read i'm a teacher but i do not read but you just said you read it in the slack no that's i Look, you caught me out, okay? <laughs> it wasn't a good plot. <laughs> no, but, I mean, yeah, there, there was a 
a game that was about two weeks ago now that was announced from a Chinese developer that it's like Dark Souls but Journey to the West and yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks so good. Like it oh, looks, yeah, I saw it, that. It that looks, looks really good. Very good. It looks absolutely spectacular. And I mean, there's been a lot of adaptations of Journey to the West. It's one of the few like books enslaved. That, Odyssey. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's a very loose adaptation. No, but it's it Journey to the West wasn't set in the future. But are you sure? <laughs> there, there, there's um there's one that's just out as well isn't there i think there's something about the monkey king basically anytime you see yeah. the monkey king it's a reference back to journey to the west yeah, so there's illusions but um, I, I haven't really seen a game that really tried to do the vibe of the whole thing but yeah, it's but cool how, because how, journey to the west is how do you take a book that's like seven thousand pages long and turn it into a game is the question. That's oh, the problem with all it. That's what makes it good. Is like the, you can that, go through episodes or see, or see scenarios. Or that's, DLC. That's the problem with all those Chinese, um, the the four classics. Uh, so I don't know if people on the podcast are aware of this, but there is a, a set of novels from the what is it, the fifteenth through fourteenth, fourteenth through eighteenth century, um, that are considered you know, the great works of Chinese literature. And they are Journey to the West, which we mentioned, uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms, which has been turned into plenty of video games as well, thanks to Koei Tecmo. Then there's two others called Water Margin and Dream of the Red Chamber. Oh, Sorry? You got 444. Yeah, I know them. I've read People don't usually know the last two. I've read three of them. I've read Water Margin as well. I haven't read Dream of the Red Chamber yet, but apparently that's a very difficult one to translate anyway. Um... And I know there are translations, but on that basis, I I haven't really looked into it as yet. But anyway, those those four books are very long. <laughs> <laughs> they have very long reads, and I think that's part of the difficulty with taking some of these books and turning them into video games. They're just so much material to work through. When you convert it into video game, it becomes a lot of contents. Um, oh, actually, Matt. If you've read Water Margin, have you ever played uh, Suikoden? Yes, yes, I know that's yeah, a that's loose like adaptation. That's vaguely an adaptation. Yeah, yeah, inspired by. Let's put it that way. That's probably the best way. Yeah, it's inspired by. Water Margin is the one that I really like. That's my favourite of the four, or of the three that I've read. Um, I would like to see more if it's done to video game it, but again, I can see that would be very difficult. But yeah, um, it was oh. that... It was that game that kind of inspired uh, the the visual, the the announcement, the trailer of this uh, Journey to the West video game, which really inspired, I think, this topic for us. Because, yeah, I, w- I would like to see a lot more books turned into <clears throat> video games as well. I mean, another good example would be Shakespeare. Shakespeare. They don't do too many ver- efforts at, at doing Shakespeare. Uh, because in Romeo and Juliet is boring and bad. <laughs> Excuse me, Romeo and Juliet would make a great dating scene. Like a visual novel thing. With fan service. It would be really hard Anime it because up. You, would, you would have problems getting the plot to fit a game decision tree kind of structure. Because the whole point <laughs> of most Shakespeare tragedies, yeah, like you have to just die. So how are you supposed to, to decide your way out of that? Well, I mean, all visual novels have an ending, Harvard. Maybe, so maybe like, uh, like you just like try doing things with Julia and like you start play. <laughs> and no, 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 no. Like, like, like the whole you, you're gonna die, right? 
but like the whole point of the game is like you're trying to like move that point of death longer and longer in your life i guess so then the decision tree would then plot it out and then you can do things and then end up dead earlier or later yeah so it's final destination <laughs> it's not about the destination it's about that's the journey. good luck actually Trent, can i steal that idea no that's just until dawn that's just no, until, until dawn do- no no hear me out hear me out until dawn but hamless so at any point you could just go and stab claudius and see what happens but you can make the choice to not Sounds like the the premise of like Breath of the Wild, where you could go and save the four like high things. <laughs> Breath so of the Wild, ex Hamlet. Yeah, that'd be Hamlet, good. Hamlet would make a pretty decent video game, I think. Yeah, in fact, I think it's long enough to make. In it work. fact, they actually there is one, and I don't know if it's still on Steam or whatever. It was done ages ago. It was an adaptation of a um, a choose your own adventure thing, a comedy thing, called. To be or not to be, Ryan, Ryan North, no, Ryan North, no. to be or not to be, and it's a kind of satire of Hamlet done in choose your own adventure style, and it's actually really good. Gives me similar vibes to uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern did the Tom Stoppard play. Um, it's it's pretty neat, but yeah, I don't know. It, can, I t- can I talk about The Witcher really quickly? Because can the I first game. One thing. Yeah, go 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 go. Um, one in, in really interesting approach is the Great Gatsby NES, which I hope is still online. It's just like a retro NES platformer, but you play as, uh, I think you play Gatsby or Nick Haraway or whatever, and you just walk around collecting money. And you can like, get at a level, you see the green light, it's great. It's, it has nothing to do with the book, but it's just an NES platformer called the Great Gatsby. Why'd they make that? <laughs> They they need to make one of that for every classic book. They need to make a Pride and they need to make a Pride and Prejudice Metroidvania. They need to make like a oh, yeah. you can, like, uh, Little Women turn based strategy. It's like an Of Mice and Men book. Damn. Of Mice and Men Oregon Trail. Actually, that would be good. Of Mice and Men. You you, pl- you play the mice, right? The mouse, right? And you're just gonna keep dodging out of the way of Lenny. It's like a stalker horror thing. <laughs> <laughs> And if Lenny catches you, squishes you. That's... I don't like that. That, that, that. that book traumatized me as a kid. It absolutely traumatized me when I read yeah. it. I, I felt sorry for the mouse. Read that. Yeah. Sorry? Oh. Did we yeah. lose everybody? No, we're still around. Um, oh, wait, wait, yeah, yeah no, I'm going to talk about Witcher now because heck you all. It's uh, my the Witcher's not really a book, though. What do you mean it's not a book? <laughs> Witcher 1 came out in a time where the there was a singular Polish TV series that sucked and that everyone hated. I mean, the witch, calling The Witch a, a book is like calling, I don't know, Fifty Shades of Grey a book. I, I mean, it is objectively words written on pages. <laughs> Can't argue I don't know, maybe we should toss a coin to Alan. No, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna die. So basically, the first Witcher game is really weird because you can tell that the people who wrote it had no idea that they would actually end up writing like one of the biggest game series of all time by accident. Because the game is a sequel, but also, like, a retelling of most of the book's events. For example, like, there's a part in the books where Geralt saves Foltest's bastard daughter, who's also an incest daughter, from a curse of being a streaker. And that happens again in the in the game. A streaker but, is uh, in somebody that runs onto sports fields? No, it's in someone who eats, like, the livers of people. Oh, right. It yeah. would have been so much more interesting if it was somebody that ran onto sports fields in the nude. I mean, you do get like a, a 
sex card with her that she's naked in. So like, hell yeah, <laughs> that's real. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like it, it. It's weird because they adapted the books, but they also tried to make it a sequel, and it's very, very strange. And as a result, the entirety of the game series is seen as not canon because it doesn't make sense. I mean, more seriously, the the Witcher, the Witcher is. Um... It, it's, I guess, the easy material to turn into video games because it's kind of that pulpy fantasy it's stuff. Monster hunting, and it itself in terms of like having a side quest of like hunting a monster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are certainly genres of literature which do lend themselves quite easily to video games. Fantasy being probably the best example of that. I mean, there's. Do been you things... remember the Hobbit PS2 game that was not? I was just about to, to talk about Lord of the Rings and yeah. Tolkien. Tolkien's been adapted into video games billions of times over. Um, the ones that are good tend to be the ones that do stray close to the novels uh, or, or the mm. films. The ones that are not very good uh, tend to be made by Warner Brothers and uh, their own thing. They into a sexy lady. Yeah, a sexy, sexy spider. <laughs> <laughs> so many more legs to hold. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, th- there are some fantasy books that I would like to see somebody try and spin into a video game. I mean, imagine the Magician trilogy. Red Waller. Red Waller. Everything by Terry Pratchett would also be good. Yes. Yeah. Also, like a hitchhiker's game would be fun because it would that just be like so point and click. It would just be a point and click adventure game. Well, there no, is a, there is a point. Are you, are you, did you just say that it would be great if there was a point and click hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy game? Yeah. Alan, how old are you? <laughs> I am 23. There is a point and click hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy Get game. Fucked. No way. There is. I Hold can't on. believe you didn't know that existed. There is one. I thought it was a text adventure. Is it a text adventure? No, it might be a text adventure. I don't know. Yeah, it was a long time ago. About. It was a long time ago. But <laughs> it was it before is, my time. It's actually pretty pretty well regarded too. So they've, they've already uh, done game, Alan. There are game hints for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on the BBC Radio 4 website. What the... F- <laughs> it was a pretty influential game and it was always it was also really well known for being stupidly difficult. <laughs> you, know, you, you you die very often. Um, it was designed by Douglas Adams? Yeah, it's legit. It's all legit. Can I play this online? Is this on the? Uh, no, it'd wait, be on the Internet Archive. Dosbox. Sure. Yeah, it'd be on the Internet Archive for sure. Archive. <laughs> so, I've introduced that. Alan Hiker's Guide. That's oh, kids, how you pirate your video games from the older yeah. days. <laughs> so Harvard, as a teacher, um, well, Alan's off. Discovering I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> He's disappeared. He's <laughs> off playing Chuggers Guide to the Galaxy. As a teacher, would it actually be of value if they started to take some of the books that were, you know, studied at school and turn them into video games? Because I remember so, at looking at looking at adaptations of literature into film was a it was a thing. Do you see there being the potential of doing that with with games as well? In my opinion, yes, but I'm really worried of looking at that cool teacher, looking like that cool teacher who's like, oh, yeah, guys, we're going to play games today. You know, I don't want to be that guy. But I think it's It's useful for... (laughs) (laughs) Especially if the game isn't fun, yeah. The the kids will just revolt. But if there is a good intro to texts that are hard to understand, especially like really long novels or texts that have uh, unconventional English, I think games are a really good way to 
get people to understand the motivations of the characters. Like, I made a comment about how, do you know the card game Reigns? Yeah. yeah. You, like, Tinder swipe as a king or a queen, and you decide um, what, how you rule the kingdom. That's really useful for teaching the Shakespearean histories, because it effectively, when you play it, you think like a monarch would, and you think, how would I hold my power and things like that? And that's more useful than watching a video about the history of, of Elizabethan rulers or whatever, you know, because you feel like what that person would feel like. And I'm I think not going to lie, I, I, would play, I would play every single one of Shakespeare's plays if they were done as a, a Reigns-style thing. Yeah, I think like I would play every some single way one. to Rome, make it Romeo work. and Juliet, the Reigns edition would be great. <laughs> but yes, Your Majesty, that's pretty fun. I haven't tried that one. Oh, it's great. Well, it's like that just... Brexit simulator game. Yeah, yeah. You know the yeah. the the point and click thing where you're like in the jail and then you're like, you know, you get all the people to line up at the pubs and then you're like, yeah, we're oh, gonna you're stop talking Brexit. about not. You're talking about not tonight. Yeah, not tonight. And oh. then that's and then there's like. And then there's like, um, yes. How did you how did you get not tonight from that? Well, he was talking Brexit about lining game. up at pubs, and there's only one game where you line up at pubs. And it's a Brexit simulator, so you know. That's <laughs> a Brexit simulator. It's in Valhalla. There are things at pubs. <laughs> uh, but moving on. Um... No, I was gonna say before we moved on, I can't wait for a Tim Winton Cloud Street game, so I can hate Cloud Street again. Oh yeah, that's a very visceral reaction to that book. Were you forced to read it as a child? I was forced to read it in year 11 and 12, and it's like a 500-page book with no punctuation, and it makes me yeah. want to scream. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem. You know what I would like? I think speak, that the, the way we off, teach books, too, makes me hate Speaking yeah, of... To, to be fair, I never actually finished books that were on the reading list and whatever, I'd love to see, like, Raymond Chandler's, like, noir novels oh, turned, that into, would be turned so into mafia-style things. That would be great. Did you play A Case of Distrust? No, I did not. It's an adventure game that, like, is based on the style of Raymond Chandler. Oh, really? So maybe you'll like. I have to yeah, check that out. Like, yeah, it's like even the art style is is drawn like one of his book covers. Oh, so sorry, I have it, to check that. Big time fan of Chandler. Big. Yeah, fan. yeah, same vibe. But it like modernizes it. So the protagonist woman, and they have like values. <laughs> it's not awful. <laughs> what would you? What did you just say? I'm <laughs> more of a Ross man myself. <laughs> <laughs> we should they should also they should also do like a video game adaptation of um the catcher in the rye and it's just Actually, like just like an endless stream of misery for can i clarify i'm not a ross man <laughs> yeah. i do not like no. ross no, no, you are a ross man now <laughs> in case the He's listeners thought you were on a break yeah <laughs> My sandwich. I I I hate to tell you guys, but probably dropping in friends references on this podcast is probably not going to catch on. I don't think. Look, you know what? Look, I, I don't think there are that many people that are still that familiar with Friends. Oldies like us, but it was very millennials TV show. Yeah, I remember Let's going to Central Perks Cafe, and then they'd have like a job where they worked maybe seven hours and had enough to pay rent in a New York apartment. Ah, uh, uh, so it's a Generation X show. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's kind of it's on that it's on that uh, kind of edge between the early, the the later Gen Xs and oh, sorry, the the earlier Gen Xs. Yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. an eighties and nineties thing. If you grew up in the eighties and nineties, you knew Friends, and that's that. Yeah, but I will say that you know, in comparison to today's to, to today's kids and what they're watching, 
Friends is a bit of a high quality thing. I might oh, no, actually today's kids have better shows. No, they yeah. don't. No, yeah, they do. No, they don't. Avatar exists. It's like a very good kids show. What? Avatar's like okay, boomer. It's all about the infinity train and glitch techs. Avatar is like this thing where they're all like blue people in space. Yeah, and they say, yo, listen up, this is the story about the little guy who lives in a blue world. <laughs> and all day and all night and everything he sees is just blue like him inside and outside. And one day the multiple... <laughs> and blue his out. house with a blue little window and a blue Corvette and everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around because he, he ain't got nobody to listen to listen to listen to listen to listen to listen. Did you listen to did you did you listen to Eiffel sixty five a bit, Alan, when you were growing up? I don't want to say anything beyond the fact that when I was a child I had two CDs. One of them was Aaron Carter's I Love Candy. (laughs) The other one was Eiffel Sixty Five's I'm Blue featuring Move Your Body. You know, just putting it out there, he does have good songs outside of I'm Blue. Like, you know, just putting it out. No, they don't. They genuinely don't. (laughs) Oh, they're 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 bops. I would not go so far. I need you to listen to Move Your Body again in the modern context and not want to jam forks into your ears. <laughs> anyway, uh, books should be games. Music, Matt. <laughs> What's the music song? <laughs> we, we're going to do Blue. Okay, we're doing... <laughs> okay. Is, is that kind of copyright? I'm Blue. I'm Blue. I'm Blue. I'm I no. Mickey, Mickey, I'm gonna check that. Is there a Mickey no, that, version that of that? I guarantee it. That's gonna kill me. Hold on. No, let me. I need to find this before I die. I'm Blue Miku. <laughs> yep. Here we go. Blue WD remix. <laughs> There's an AMV for it as well.
Welcome back, question mark. I'm amazed that you're still here, to be quite honest. Um, it's, uh, that's something. Uh, anyway, so when I was perusing the old tweet sphere a while ago, I came across an article from the Washington Post. And I don't usually click on them because I, I would say don't trust Washington Post. But it piqued my interest because it had a very interesting title, and it said, In The Last of Us Part 2, music often speaks louder than words. Um, and that, as a title, as someone who's done, like, a lot of study on, you know, music and on video games and on thematic conveyance in music and emotion in music, I was like, okay, let's see how we go. Let's see how we go with this amazing article. Um, and basically, I'm just going to read a quote out. I, I, I regret the idea that I'm just going to dunk on this person because they clearly don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. Um, uh, by allowing music to speak as opposed to relying solely on dialogue, Last of Us Part 2 largely subverts the way in which contemporary games choose to tell the most raw and profound parts of their stories. It resists the temptations of exposition and instead seeks to offer a more experimental and emotional connection to what is happening in the game, which allows people to interpret the events in different, more personal ways. It is a different kind of storytelling. I uh, okay. To unpack that, that uh, this this is the author essentially talking about how they've finally discovered that music can make them sad. Then <laughs> that that uh. That's that's pretty disappointing because we exist in a you know in a sphere where music and video games are sort of hand in hand. I would like anyone to play a video game and turn off the music 
Like you're playing Bayonetta, turn off the music. See how much like less fun that game is without the music. Because it is just it is so linked to the gameplay that it is impossible to disconnect it without incredibly harming the experience. And it's the same with a lot of things. And you know, this this article particularly goes and talks about how um the the art of performing a song in game is often lost and it's often it's not done and last of us part two is the first game to ever do performance in a game I, the thing that annoys me about that is that i could name games off by like memory that like, that article was talking about the like the guitar scenes right like largely that was what this writer was like really invested yeah, in was the fact that ellie would pick up Ellie would pick up a guitar at random points and just strum a bit, and then she'd suddenly remember that Joel told taught her how to play music or something. That was that was the basic crux of the point, wasn't it? Yeah, essentially, it was the idea yeah. of performance in in games, which, which is, again has been done before. <laughs> which which is really weird because like everybody remembers the opera scene in Final Fantasy VI, right? <laughs> which is. Yeah. entirely about you know performance and music performance being within the the context of a video game being part of the the narrative storytelling element of it and... a game that's even more recent that near automata the opera singer <laughs> it's, it's oh a yes <laughs> it's like a boss battle it's pretty fucking obvious we yeah. don't love our opera here <laughs> Yeah, and also well, we like, just pick the two examples of opera in video actually, games. Actually, <laughs> is this a good example? In Paper Mario, the the um the the theme park where you go up the levels and it's like a performance, like and then they've got music and battles and like action and stuff on the screen, and then they go like not, Mario, get your ass up here, and then you like battle them. Not quite, because Mario is not performing the music himself. It's what this article really gets at is the idea that you know a main character is using music to push a narrative point ahead, I guess. And, you know, it has been done before. Like, you could use examples from Bioshock Infinite, which was a AAA game, like, that came out in the last 10 years, where they do Will the Circle Be Unbroken, which is a, by the way, fantastic version of that song. I actually really like that part of the game, because you just really quietly pick up the guitar, and then Elizabeth sings while you play the guitar. And it's really nice. That's a very good part of that game. Um... As is the entire Priscilla segment of Witcher Three, which is fantastic because it's not clear that the song is about you know Geralt and Yennefer and Triss. Yet it totally is, and you look at Geralt's face and his facial expression changes during the song, and it's like oh, okay, yeah, he's he gets it. Well, I mean, what, another great example is uh, of these kind of triple A blockbusters that everybody should be aware of is the uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, where you go around picking up sea shanties and. Yeah. You, you know, your crew perform those. <laughs> they, you know, they sing them as they go about their job. And, you know, that's that's definitely building environment and world building and whatever through via, via music. Because, yeah, you know, it, it builds the aesthetic. It builds the aesthetic of the world and the setting because that's what they did back then. They did see shanties to keep everybody in line and doing their job. And... Yeah, it was put into Assassin's Creed 
Black Flag pretty well. It was it was one of the rare yeah, highlights of that game. game. Yeah. Well, like, the thing that gets me is that like it's this notion that it comes back to The Last of Us Two being a game that's like probably quite good. I haven't played it. I have no interest in playing it. But the heaping of praise upon it for doing something that's not really that wild. Well, I mean it's that's just... every that's every AAA blockbuster. You know, let's let's face it. These games aren't where the innovation happens. It's the same with um, anything, any, you know, any other media, film, literature, whatever. The the guys writing the popular things are really just cribbing ideas from the niche stuff that they really quite enjoyed. It's not even niche, though. Like, Witcher 3 sold a lot of copies. <laughs> and as did Nier, actually, even. No, no, I'm talking, more, I'm, I'm talking more generally about where... Oh, okay. Um, where all these AAA blockbusters, not just The Last of Us, but also... Whatever one, whatever Sony, you know, open world thing, Days Gone, God of War, whatever. Those, these games, Days Gone. <laughs> these these games are all kind of um, borrowing ideas from elsewhere. They're not they're not creating much themselves. Spider Man. I mean, why what? Spider Man is <laughs> much the same. I mean, it's very they're very high. They're highly refined. I'm not saying they're, they're bad games. They're just these ideas, and I, I totally agree with you. It's not just the the music thing, but just generally the the writing about AAA games is always this game is innovation, this game is pushing things forward, this game is doing something that's that's amazing. And it's like, do you, do you guys actually not play games beyond the AAA blockbusters or something? Is that is that your problem oh, uh, here? You know, you it's just like have memory. <laughs> Are you a goldfish? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you'd you'd think that these guys would play games that are they they go a little bit deeper beyond just the the triple a blockbusters and i realize everybody's time poor these days especially if you're working for a major publication but if you're going to write about stuff <laughs> you should probably know the topic that you're writing yeah. about i think well, it, it also sends me into the sun because like i i'm seeing this trend back towards like i, I call it the shadow the hedgehog effect where the only emotion you're allowed to feel is anger and sadness and everything else is not seen as valid in terms of art. And I'm seeing this push towards that because it's, you know, I you think it's something like, it's exciting like this... and happy and it's like this negative thing of like, oh, no, it's just happy. It's just happiness. Oh, it's so bland. And then you, it's that, you know, the bit from Always Sunny where it's um, uh, Danny DeVito looking at the art being like, now this, this I like. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like Katamari. Katamari is the most creative game that's ever been done, and it's just, uh, you know, it's a it's a ball of bliss, and yet yeah, people don't talk about it as being this wildly creative thing that is of Even comparison to. It is, you know, of of artistic <laughs> comparison to The Last of Us or whatever. Because, yeah, there there is this perception. I think I agree with you that in video games, that misery and anger misery and anger are synonyms for depth <laughs> uh artistic depth and i think I people seem to feel like if they if they feel this kind of negative reflection if they if they feel if, if a game sobers them and i don't mean as in after you have a glass of beer you have a, a, a glass of water i'm not talking about that kind of sobering but if you drink of last of us too <laughs> yeah if you if you play a game and you're left in a kind of a, a a state where you're a little bit reflective and feeling a little bit blue, then the game must have had a big impact on you. But I don't know if that's really the the example of great art. I mean, middling art can leave you in a in a reflective mood. <laughs> um, I mean, 
I think the part of the thing that I always get is the ending of Bayonetta, which made me go from so angry because I hated the final boss fight to just like singing along with the final version of Fly Me to the Moon. And like that is the best like experience in a like game that I've had in a while. Like that was amazing and it wasn't miserable. And it was so nice that it wasn't miserable <laughs> because it wasn't just oh, I'm going to go be a horrible person for about seven hours and then I'm going to show you why I'm a horrible person. I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to pick up a guitar so you can feel my pain. Shadow the Hedgehog. You know, like it's that sort of thing. It, it annoys me. It yeah, annoys I mean, me, Matt. Most, most of the games that I really enjoy um, are more positive, I think, in tone than these kind of AAA blockbusters tend to be. Um, I'm trying to or think. at least exploring the themes a little bit more in depth. Like, well, like, get... fund- fundamentally, the, the, something like Persona 4 or whatever is one of my favourite narratives of all time. It has its moments where it's it's serious. It gets um, dark, and then it also it gets... happens where you have but it ultimately, it wants to lift you up, you know, um, mm. and, and leave you with a sense that Things are are okay, <laughs> uh, and it's time to make history. <laughs> I ha- I do have an interest. I do have a theory that the the arts tend to track along with their, their response to what's going on in the globe, right? Um, mm. Historically, through the entire history, the reason that art exists is people want to catalog what's going on in their their lives and reflect on it and explore it as a topic. So when things tend to be good, people tend to get a little bit more serious i think with the art because they they want to they're they're in the mind space that they can be a little bit more reflective and sobering whereas when things get really bad the art tends to be designed to try and lift people up so that you know it's an escape from reality and 2020 has been a pretty dramatic flip from a world where things were generally you know in not i mean donald trump and whatever was you know, fucking up the place. But the last the last couple of decades since you know World War Two have been generally on an upward tra- trajectory, and the world has been getting better for people. Um, twenty twenty and twenty nineteen, the end of twenty nineteen, when climate change really became evident, and then the pandemic hit, and everything just kind of you know we all hit a wall. I would imagine that the artists over the next couple of years will start to respond to that and we'll start to see more uplifting experiences. At least I think that's what's going to happen. more Ulitz games, basically. So the games that have been released right now are still games that started in development, you know, a couple of years ago before all of this came to a head. I would suspect that the games that start in development, you know, around now-ish for release in a couple of years they will be of a different tone. And I do think that they'll be more uplifting. Uh, I want to think that. I think that this grimdark crap that Sony's on in particular will ease off and we'll start to, we'll start to have games that uh, try to be a little bit more escapist. Um, Available now on tone. Xbox. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, at least <laughs> no, I want to hope that because I'm kind of exhausted yeah. with Sony in particular. Um I'm just tired of this relentless misery that Sony peddles. And Sony has always had that. Sony's um, had teenage sort of angsty sort of dude bro. I, I mean, guess, yes and no. Sony's always had some of that, but Sony's always had 
other stuff as well, like um, Patapon, you know. I mean, how delightful is Patapon? And they've had, um, they they bound earlier in the year, which was a fairly, it it was dark in places, but it had, you know, a a kind of uplifting nature to it as well. Keeping Uh, in mind, this is the company that led Naughty Dog to change Jack and Daxter from a, like, quiet like happy like oh wow i'm gonna do an adventure 3d platformer to grand theft auto and you're also a mutant freak <laughs> yeah imagine being in that boardroom we love your cartoon game but make it like gta <laughs> so like everyone wants to play gta now oh what do we do i don't know just like make him angry <laughs> we need a gta <laughs> game and it needs to be like mario what this game do that <laughs> It is yeah. really good though. Jack two slaps. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. To bring to bring it back to the music at the moment, we've got Ellie picking up a guitar and playing some pretty sad tunes, and that's emotive or whatever. But I imagine that I really do think that over the next couple of years, the equivalent will be you know somebody picking up a um, an instrument to play some Eiffel sixty five or something. You know, I lift them up, hope cheer them, honestly. cheer them up. Knock out some blue. Um, blue so I haven't played The Last of Us, but this whole guitar thing, it is actually like sad music. It's not like her playing like a nice little strummy song. Uh, like, no, oh, it's yeah, this kind of mis- it's, it's this kind of grim, dark country music stuff, which... Yeah, it's like the um, uh, the devil went down to Georgia and I'm here too. <laughs> yeah, I, it's weird, the, the country music scene, not that I'm that tapped into it, but the country music scene, scene seems to have gone that way and pivoted that way and hard over the last couple of years as well. So, yeah, it seems to be... It's also almost as if the uh, people which uh, commonly do country music, which is, uh, you know, usually, you know, in poor areas of a country, are being strangled by the politics of their government. But, you know, they keep voting for them. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, should have, should have, Ellie should have played like. Hard do you know the Nick Cave song, the uh, Carney? I don't know it very well. Oh, it's a great song. It's. it's I was. Not... I was thinking you were gonna say she should have played like, "Down with the Sickness" by Disturbed. Oh, and you, know, you know what wow. she should have played? If she wasn't keeping the country music theme, she should play um, uh, that that Finger uh, Boys take, take Me Home song. Yeah, country roads. Yeah. yeah, they hired that already out for for that seventy six. Though you can't play that song anymore. Oh, it's in every <laughs> single game. But it was in it was in Ravens Go Home. Like seriously, no, like, every... no one's left play. It's the seventy six song now. That's that song now. It's seventy six. <laughs> Take me home. Ooh ah ah ooh ah ah. Anyway. Anyway, um, music time. I think music time. I don't know what we're gonna do. Um. Let's do Fly Me to the Moon. Yeah, Fly Me to the Moon is a pretty good song. Ha! <laughs> 
back so there's also been a game that's released in this month that has recently been announced to be the most downloaded playstation plus game of all time and that includes rocket league which is insane and that game is four guys it has taken the world by storm um for better or for worse i don't know and i have not played this game i have no interest in this game and i'm gonna stop talking now because I don't know if I should talk about it because I don't think I'm going to have the same opinion other people will. <laughs> Alan, I think you're I such a killjoy. You should go play your guitar and sing some country music. I freaking will. You can't <laughs> stop me. All right, let, I, I will play the game I know very little about. Let's let's see how accurate I am. Okay, so it's got blobby okay, creatures. I'll, I'll check it off. All right, so it's got blobby creatures, so it's going to play... It's going to be a little bit intoxicating. You're going to be like... It's going to be one of those, like... <laughs> It's yep. going to be one of those games where Aren't you sort of like... A little intoxicating? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like really badly controlled games where you're hey, just hey, like... Hey, hey, yeah. hey. Don't, yeah. don't, yeah. don't right. kink shame if he has a thing for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just going to be a little bit all over the place in terms of control. It's meant to be loopy and fun and yep. that sort of stuff. It's going to play maybe like a little bit like uh, moving out or something like that. You're going to be just like bumping into things and doing stupid shit like that. Yeah. No. Pretty much. Yeah. Except there's like 60 of you. That's it. Yeah, and it's that sounds absolutely miserable because it would make me realize that the people I'm playing Four Guys with are the people who drive on the highway next to you and me. And I don't Do trust them. That's the thing. That's the thing. So when you play like a multiplayer, like proper skill multiplayer game, like when you play League of Legends or Counter-Strike or whatever, your teammates are awful. You hate them. League doesn't but play you. Four Guys... <laughs> in Fall Guys where teammates are awful it's hilarious because it's like the the joy of the game is just the fact that nothing works and everything is awful and you're falling over all the time like that's the whole point yeah but that's yeah, life in general that I don't have time real... for that in a video game <laughs> I love how like uh, everyone's like no it's a really fun feature to be, always be falling over they hated Smash Brawl because of that feature <laughs> oh no no they hated Smash Brawl because they were like the loud competitive guys who wanted to not have fun but the people who were having fun with Brawl were okay with tripping. 
Yes. Yeah, so the thing is, I think Four Guys has a really limited shelf life for most people, and yeah, there's a game at the moment, it has this kind of charm because it is cute and silly and funny and you, jo- you drop into a round or two and you, you just have a, a good time with it and it's all low pressure and instantly accessible. So it's all good. The yeah, thing like is... Rocket League, it's instantly like, recognisable. You get... Well, no, you Rocket, Rocket League is, is instantly recognisable, but still there's a learning curve with it. There's no learning curve with Four Guys. You just... You, you jump in and you're able to play it comfortably straight away and that's that's a big part of its appeal the problem is what is absolutely going to fuck this game up is people are going to get serious about this shit and it's going to be turned into this hyper competitive thing and of course the developer is going to encourage that because those are the people that are playing you know 20 hours per day and it's just going to sour really quickly it's at the moment it's this joyful thing that everybody can join in and and enjoy on their own level without necessarily needing to worry about being good at the game or whatever but that's only for the first couple of weeks it is going to replace itself with a community that is nasty and unpleasant and vile and it's because that is that is that is the process that every single multiplayer game does you know um at the start everybody's jumping in and they're having a great time together and then it just gets sour and sour and sour and by the end of it you just don't want to be part of the community anymore because it is toxic as hell uh i I, um i uninstalled overwatch finally Well, Overwatch (laughs) overwatch is actually a really good example i enjoyed overwatch when it first came out i know it's you know, it, we it shocked you, I think, didn't it? Because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm actually enjoying Overwatch. And you're like, what? And I was like, well, Diva. And you're like, oh, yeah, I understand. But um, no, I didn't say I understand. I said, I get you. I didn't say I understand. <laughs> it's true. You never understand me, Alan. Also, I'm really like that. At least you get but me. The Ubisoft one looks tolerable. <laughs> I haven't played the beta of it, but that Ubisoft one they're releasing, Hyperlapse or whatever it is. Hyperlapse. But it's the same thing. Hyperlapse. If it gets a community going, then it'll survive as a game, but it, it'll it turn toxic. Every multiplayer game, this is like a law. I don't know what we can call it, the law of, but it is a law. Every multiplayer game goes toxic. The hated <laughs> at some, moment. <laughs> at some point, a, a community goes from having this, this really kind of positive in experience where everybody is enjoying it together as a thing. They're discovering it, they're playing it, they're learning it, and it's that, that kind of joint community experience. And then at some point, the people that were enjoying it go and play something else. Uh, the people that decide to take everything so seriously in life. The people who aren't enjoying it stay. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. The people so who aren't true. enjoying it, it but really are super is. competitive, they're the ones that stay. And it has happened with every game. There is not a single multiplayer game, you can tell me, where the community has not turned toxic. You can just say my name, Matt. <laughs> no, just... I'm not saying your name. I mean, Smash Brothers was a good example as well. Smash Brothers was good fun for the first month online when it worked. No, Which it wasn't very often, but <laughs> I always play. I buy Smash Brothers in the aim to play it, and then I, I, play, re- I do all the single player stuff and get all the characters. And then by the time I'm ready to play like multiplayer, it's just like I don't want to play this anymore. But I we remember have different experiences with that game. I feel like. <laughs> I remember Smash Brothers being this great party game everybody had great fun with. I'm talking about the original Smash Brothers, this, this N64 one. And then they came along with, what was it, Melee, which was a better game um, in every it was way. The and ultimate sweat game. And everybody was having fun with it. And then this competitive scene in Smash Brothers emerged, and now Smash Brothers is a toxic shit pile. And it's the yeah, same. Um, it's there's always one guy who, like, can't not win. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 
I, I would guarantee you there is not a single, and this is a challenge to anybody who's actually still listening to the podcast 90 minutes in, but um, I, I challenge anybody to find me a single example of a multiplayer community that has survived without turning overly competitive about a, a video game. and Counter-Strike, because it was always shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Counter-Strike's in their own little sex, though, like sex, sex, sex. No. Like, like if you're in Go, I can't you think. Go, I can't think of a game sense. less accessible than Counter Strike. Like, there, there's just yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the most like hostile experience, especially like playing in the UK because half your team ends up being Russian and then the other half ends up being French, and you're. It's like it's just like a. I know people who've learned Russian to play that game. Like they know the basic Russian commands. Yeah. Oh, rush B, rush B. And, and, then, and then you're in one of those servers where it's like the like the long line, like Simon Says servers, and then you just like, I don't know what's happening, and you're dead. <laughs> but anyway, um, bringing it back to Fall Guys. <laughs> um, Fall Guys at the moment is in that honeymoon period where everybody's enjoying it, and it's a good thing. And I've played some games of Fall Guys, and even though I'm not a big fan of multiplayer as a rule of thumb, uh, I'm, I've enjoyed it simply because everybody's enjoying it right now and that's a good thing um but if you are going to give four guys a go i would recommend jumping on you know within the next within the next month the next month or so because there will be a competitive scene that emerges in fact there is already a sense of it i jumped on i think it was yesterday when i knew we were going to do this this topic this week Uh, i hadn't played for about two weeks and i jumped on just to give it a go and already you can see that there are people that are good at the game um, which is counterintuitive to the rest of the just, thing. Just come join me at Apex Legends and be miserable half the time. No, generally, I, I tap out. I tap out of multiplayer games once people get good at them. Like once, once the uh, the community has a competitive edge to it, I just lose interest because so after a week. Yeah, it's just it's exhausting. Then I mean, Four Guys is too bright and happy to have a serious edge and yet people are going to take it seriously. It's the same as Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers is not a fighting game. It's yes, not it a, is. What are you talking about? It's not a competitive game. It's a stupid yeah, thing yeah. that you play after six beers with friends and you just, you know, swat the, the controller out of their hands. So Those you get the, two get things the win aren't necessarily exclusive. They're not necessarily exclusive, but they are online, if you know what I mean. Like, you can I mean, still enjoy... I still enjoy Smash Brothers locally. And no, if there was a way, if there was a way to actually get like sixty friends together to play four guys in a dedicated kind of group, then it would still be fun. But wait, does four guys support LAN? How awesome would that be? That would be extremely awesome, actually. Just like set up two set up two classrooms and just have sixty kids play at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of thing. That that. that would work. That would still be fun. But yeah, when you dare to venture online then the experience changes and quickly and it's the same with smash brothers you can't I, it's just unplayable online yeah, not because Sp- of the technology was... it's because it's the community is just shit because of people like me who will try and spike you at every opportunity <laughs> spike you yeah <laughs> it's, and when you start categorizing me. when you start categorizing the characters based on tiers and which character you should use and there's like this ostracization if you use a character that's in a low tier even if you enjoy the character more who gives a who gives a crap like oh, oh, i'm pretty sure my favorite character is probably down the very bottom tier of smash brothers like which is your favorite character which is my favorite character um what yeah tell me tell me which is your favorite character in smash bros so i can tell you if he's low tier or high tier all right well for a start game. 
you you obviously don't know me that well if you say I would pick a male character, Alan. Like um, I assume to be like Marth or is something. It, is it Zero Suit Samus? <laughs> no, it's not Zero Suit Samus. Right, I'll do mine first because that's really indecisive. I like okay. Robin. Robin? What? Oh, fuck's sake. Why? Oh my god. Just like... Ugh. I forgot that Robin was in the game. Alright, I'll do mine. <laughs> mine are even more better. Alright, so I'm usually a young Link or a Link kind of guy, but if so I'm gonna play... you're a zoning coward. <laughs> if I'm going to play as something else, I'm playing as Game & Watch or Rob. Oh god, I hate yeah. you so much. You're the worst. <laughs> I'm never playing with you. Alan, have you seen this is a YouTube channel where it's like um what a what a Smash player is thinking? And it's literally just one person being like, if you name this character, you have this personality flaw. <laughs> <laughs> and he does it for every character. I mean I respect that because it's accurate a lot of the time. <laughs> Yeah, no, basically, I'm the sort of person who will ruin games, because if it's not, like, efficient, then I don't want to ever play it. That's why I hate playing Overwatch, because people are inefficient. <laughs> Every I... game should become a German sim, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I just got bored with Overwatch, because Overwatch just became a competitive game again. And it is a... people, got nasty, been... people got nasty about it, and it just... It's, yeah. it's too bright and colourful, who cares? It's like a... Sh it's... I don't get esports as a as a thing you may have noticed. I don't understand esports in that they're just games. They're not even you know they're not I even worth getting serious about because they don't have any do. context beyond the competition and it's just they definitely do though. They don't, they don't. No. Have you seen a fighting game tournament that isn't Smash because I don't recommend ever watching Smash? Like watch the Tekken tournament because like there's yeah, but they like, all get elitist. The players. They all get they they all get elitist pricked about the fighting games that you play. So I'm a dead or alive fan. Uh, ergo, so, you know, everybody hates me. You know, they, I mean, that's it's like that's a different. Just aggressively a tit game. <laughs> What's wrong with being a tit game? It's well, because it's not. You can't have just like. Remember when they announced like a stream of a fighting game tournament for DOA, and they just had two ladies with like dead breasts out, and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna like make." our fighting game looked like a normal thing and they just had two ladies with their tits out and I was like, okay. Alright. <laughs> Can't watch this on like a TV on the train. Why not? <laughs> yeah, we can't do that with Mortal Kombat. Like, you can't be like playing Mortal Kombat on yeah, I also don't like watching Mortal Kombat either because it's <laughs> an American fighting game and they don't tend to be very good. <laughs> Blood. I mean, Mortal yeah. Kombat's pretty Basically, funny. Just watch but... Tekken because it's a whole bunch of Koreans and then, like, Swedish people and then it's, like, Americans who just are insane. No, I like, get that they're good He has at been the playing games. Tekken for, like, a thousand years and I'm assuming that he, like, bleeds the same way that A. Archie does. Also, <laughs> well, no, Matt Cloud get... isn't here, but I need to rep uh, Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue and no, all those Japanese fighting games. Yeah. Samurai Showdown, they're really good, too. Watch them. I like them. I like fighting games. Everybody knows that I like fighting games. I, what I don't get is people that take them that seriously. And okay. that goes for pretty much every game. Like Any game that you take that seriously as a competitive thing, just uh, it, it, it confuses me, I think. So there's a thing. YouTuber, Matt, called Cosmonaut uh, Variety Hour, and the way he described why you should get into fighting game tournaments and watching them is because it's the same concept as a like anime like tournament series like it's the same thing because you can follow the same player throughout the entire thing and watch them get better and better and it's like really really cool because you can do the same thing yourself it's like a it's actually really really good it's quite a good video it, 
I would actually. It sounds like those sports, Alan. It's like any sport. Yeah, but like, it's good though. It's well, the thing is that I get <laughs> I get sport in the sense that sport is a a health thing as well. Yeah, like, Tekken is a way of life. Tekken has a man who got so mad that he punched a mountain in half and then laughed. <laughs> Tekken is a game that had a chance to do some fan service character and came up with Lucky Chloe. That's because they were like, let's make a character that's Eddie Gordo that is somehow less likable than Eddie Gordo. <laughs> and they did it. I, uh, I, I prefer Soul Calibur of the Bandai. That's also like a decent games. series. I think, that, I think it's not as fun though, but that's just me. But anyway... Anyway, Four Guys, though, is a game. Um, Four Guys, it, yes. It is free still on... No, it won't be free anymore on PS Plus. But um, Yeah, it is for now. For now. No, no, but like, it won't be. Oh, by the time, yeah. By the time the podcast goes up. Yeah, yeah. True. So, um, if you didn't get it, Soz. Um, I know, I didn't get it. You'll, st- you'll still be able to buy it. But the yeah, thing is, if you do buy it, then make sure you just play it for the next couple of weeks, because it'll suck after that. Yeah, it'll do that. And they've already announced a season two. Did you see that? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It's like in the... Um, the... aggressive about it. This season crap, like the season passes is just annoying me now. It's like every every game needs to have these these seasons. And what's the season? It's just some extra costumes, right? Like it's just... Basically, yeah. It's a whole bunch of superficial crap. And this time around, their season is medieval things. Is it in for, a, for a big game with like 60 players, it needs that to stay alive. Otherwise, they won't find matches. So they need to find a way to keep people interested. But yeah, yeah, it does feel really artificial like that. Yeah, yeah, I do get that they have... I mean, and, and it's a, they're, they're copying the Fortnite formula, right? So Fortnite's obviously a success, and it's a success for a reason. And while it's definitely not my game, I don't begrudge it for its success. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's these, these kind of season things, that they, they bug it's me. It's stupid. Yeah, it's annoying. Anyway, I think we're going to have to end it there because it's, well, it's almost an hour and a half of recording, which is good. It is so, a um, podcast. Thanks for everybody for tuning in and listening if you're still here. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we'll be back next month, of course, um, and do that monthly podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We need to pick a song first to go out on. We need to go out on a bang. I um, think. We should pick Miku Vangabas. <laughs> God no, no, I will actually be to you. Um, what's a game that I've been playing this week that we can? Oh, get some music from Moon, Alan. All right, Moon JRPG. Yeah, find some music from Moon because I've been playing Moon, and I didn't actually mention Moon on the podcast yet. Moon, it's great. Play Moon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>